the Tigris and Euphrates River together form what's often called the Fertile Crescent, a geographic area home to some of the world's ancient civilizations. Though the rivers flow into Iraq and Syria, they begin in Turkey, which has plans to dam both rivers, as well as many others within the country, in order to meet the growing electricity needs of its population. But there are those both within and outside Turkey who are critical of Turkey's hydroelectric plans. From Istanbul, Constanza Lech reports. It is the early afternoon in Hassan Cave. In a coffee house, men are sitting around tables. A balcony overlooks the river Tigris, where the remains of a medieval bridge, one of the largest of its era, still withstand the currents of the river. Work on the dam continues. Tunnels have been dug and are about to be finished. After that, they will change the course of the river. Following that, they'll construct the dam. Omar Güzel, a Hassan Cave resident, looks troubled. His town, one of the oldest continuously inhabited settlements on earth, faces the danger of being submerged by the waters of the contested Ilisu Dam as early as 2014. The small town Hassan Cave dates back to the Bronze Age and has housed all the civilizations of Anatolia. Romans, Byzantines, Assyrians, Arabs, Mongols and Ottomans. More than 300 historical sites lie in and around the town, many of them still unexplored. Ömer Güzel does not think that the dam is worth losing them for. Maybe if dams would last forever, it would be okay. But a dam has a shelf life of maximum 50 to 55 years. Then the water will recede, the reservoir will turn into a swamp, there will be illnesses, and those historical sites will not be the same when they are dug out. The highly contested Iliso Dam is part of the so-called Southeastern Anatolian Project, also known as GAP by its Turkish acronym, that once completed will comprise 22 dams and 19 power plants on the rivers Euphrates and Tigris. Water research specialist at the Ankara-based Center for Middle Eastern Strategic Studies, Dr. Tuba Evremaden, underlined the importance of GAP for Turkey, especially in the agriculture sector. The project aims to create new jobs, increase investment and expand agricultural production. Because the GAP project will also provide irrigation, farmers have received agricultural schooling. That's an important thing. Turkey hopes to produce its own energy in the future, much of which the country currently imports. Proponents of the GAP project argue that it will not only develop the economically and politically troubled southeastern region, but also lead to energy security in Turkey. Critics of the project say that the consequences will be dire, not only for Turkey, but also for neighboring countries Iraq and Syria, both of which rely heavily on the waters of the Tigris and the Euphrates for agriculture and drinking water. Both countries contest Turkey's extensive use of the rivers. Gün Kut, professor for international relations at the Bosporus University in Istanbul, explains how this problem started. When this project, the Southeast Anatolia project, started to be implemented, it caused immediately panic as far as the downstream neighbors of Turkey were, were concerned, namely Syria and Iraq, who rightly thought that Turkey's consumptive use of the waters of the Tigris and the Euphrates 
uh, would result uh, a diminution of their share of the water. What would a solution to these transboundary water disputes have to look like? According to Günkut, it has already been put down on paper. The, the blueprint for that solution is in the 1997 uh, Convention on the non-navigational uses of international water courses by the UN. However, Turkey refuses to sign the UN Convention on the Law of Non-Navigable Uses of International Water Courses. While water rights have not yet created problems among the states in the region, local and international NGOs and activists point out the dire consequences for all involved parties on a social and environmental scale. Hydroelectric dams like Ilisu will not divert water from downstream use, but water quality will decrease substantially due to pesticide and fertilizers used in agriculture that will end up in the reservoir and finally in downstream countries. Erjan Aiboa, water engineer and spokesperson for the initiative to save Hassan Cave, adds that in case of a drought, Iraq would not be able to satisfy its water needs. Grave problems can arise when the river is being dammed. If there's a drought during the damming, the consequences for Iraq could be severe. If there's a drought and Turkey insists on keeping the same net amount for itself, then there will be no more water for Iraq. While several court cases that aim to stop the project are ongoing, construction works on the Ilusso Dam continue. Ömer Güzel fears that if it is finished, the bill will have to be shouldered by generations to come on both sides of the border. We, our generation, we might be able to live with this for the next 30 to 40 years. But for the generations after us, they will have to bear the consequences of this dam. That was Constanza Lech reporting from Istanbul. For more on Turkey, its dams, and the way it uses water, we turn now to Andrew Finkel, He's lived in and reported from Turkey for over 20 years and recently, literally, wrote the book on it, titled Turkey, What Everyone Needs to Know. Andrew, good to have you with us. I'm glad to be here. Thank you. You've written that water is the one resource advantage Turkey has over its neighbors. What do you mean by that? Well, Turkey is is a big industrial economy. It's a big service economy, but it's not an economy like the, like the Middle East states, which survives off one commodity or the curse of one commodity. So the one commodity that it does possess is water. It has enough water for irrigation and it, and it believes it has enough water for hydroelectricity as well. There's a lot of uh, dam construction in the offing. Turkey has big plans for the future of its water. Tell us more about that. Well, the body which builds dams in Turkey, the state hydraulic board, so several presidents of the republic have emerged from this institution. So it's an institution that commands a lot of respect and political clout. They pretty much want to build a dam wherever they see running water. I mean, if you have your bathtub running, then you know you better be careful because they might come in and, and build a dam there. Now, there's some very major waterways in Turkey. The Tigris and the Euphrates run through eastern Turkey. It's, but there are many other rivers, um, maybe not so large, uh, not so important, but which this uh, state wants to build hydroelectric dams. Well, in the United States, right now, a lot of 20th century dams are being torn down because of their environmental impact. Is there an environmental movement in Turkey? Have the dams and the planned dams, uh, do, they, do they carry the potential to create a lot of e uh, environmental problems in Turkey? Well, they do have a potential for environmental problems, and indeed they have. There are actually a lot, very large dams in Turkey in the southeast of the country. Part of that environmental problem is, first, you have to displace a lot of people. 
Uh, secondly, you even changed the ecosystem of, of the countryside. I mean, where the Ataturk Dam was built uh, now, I guess it's sort of 20 years ago, the, the, the whole climate of the region has changed. You have to re retrain the farmers to use wet agriculture instead of dry agriculture. And of course, as I said, you're damming these great historical rivers, the Tigris and the Euphrates. So there's a great loss that you have to calculate before you build a dam in Turkey. And uh, many people believe, and I happen to be one of them, that they are not making that, that calculation. Is there an ethnic difference uh, from most Turks that creates some political tensions here when you decide that whole towns, whole regions are going to be affected by this kind of construction for the good of the nation? Well, that, of course, is a, is, is a serious uh, issue. Um, most of the hydroelectric resources, or the most uh, serious ones, are in the southeast of the country. The southeast of the country uh, is, of course, a, re a Kurdish region. So you have to deal with the uh, problem or the accusation that you are building dams in the Kurdish southeast east of the country in order to take the energy and bring it to the west of the country, which is the more industrial developed. Eastern Turkey is part of a region that is well, has to worry about its water future. And when you mention the Tigris and the Euphrates, of course, these are rivers that don't flow through one country alone. Are there things the Turks are doing that will affect downstream neighbors? Well, this, for years, of course, this has been the great accusation that Turkey, by controlling the headwaters, the, the, the sources of, of these major rivers, would be in a position to exert geopolitical pressure on its downstream neighbors notably Syria and Iraq. And it's interesting, there was a demonstration just the other day about Ilisu by Marsh Arabs in the south of Iraq who've come all the way to Ilisu, all the way to Turkey, in order to protest a waterway which they say will affect their lives. So it's not simply people in Turkey who are affected, it's people who are downstream who are affected. In fact, some of these worries are genuine, but a lot of these worries are exaggerated because the one thing about hydroelectricity is you actually have to let the water through in order to generate the power. So the amount of water which goes downstream on, on the Euphrates may be lessened, but in the case of the Tigris, you actually need the water to pass through in order to generate the electricity. The, the, the huge reservoirs which you create actually regulate the flow of water. So instead of having great seasonal differentiations between you know, a, a trickle in summer and a flood in, in the spring, you actually get a, more, a, a less dangerous, a more regulated flow of water. So in many ways, the concerns of the downstream neighbors have been exaggerated. I think people used to speak of the dangers of conflict. There was this expression I, I remember using it in the early 90s called hydropolitics, which meant that the tensions between Syria and Turkey were very much based on Turkey's control of the great waterways. Of course, countries like Iraq and Syria have demonstrated that they have political problems and concerns quite independently of water. And so that, that hasn't been the issue that commentators once thought it would be. But these rivers are important to Turkey's neighbors, and Turkey gets the say-so about when and under what circumstances water heads into those countries. Well, ultimately, yes, that is the case. But I think Turkey has given guarantees that it will not uh, diminish the flow of water downstream. They're not going to, to use every last drop and, and, and turn the spigot off and, and allow these, these countries to, to become deserts. Andrew, good to talk to you. Thank you. Andrew Finkel joined us from Istanbul. He's the author of Turkey, What Everyone Needs to Know.